from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome to the Jack and Spike Show. There's a Senate bill that aims to prohibit the use of hostile architecture, preventing homeless camps. So if we're not going to help you, you can't help yourself, seems to be the theme of the week. Also, uh, what's, what's this thing about rocks being... Finally, we finally admit in Puyallup that they were putting rocks Where'd these down. boulders come from? <laughs> were they giants? No, says Puyallup. No, it was us. And there's also an initiative, potentially, might be on the ballot, to allow people to opt out of a very controversial, mandatory tax for something that very few people will need. But before we get to all that... I was on Twitter last night, and uh, you know me, I follow all the hits. I follow all the hit makers, right? Yeah, so, yeah. of course, I'm going to be following Jay Ainsley because I work in the media and I have to see what everybody's talking about. What kind of meal did he have? Did he, does he, he's a meal poster. <laughs> he's a meal poster. He's a meal poster, the double, yeah. triple slab meatloaf servings. Eats first. Yeah. 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 So he's like a, you know, like a Starbucks, like a Frappuccino. Oh, yeah, of course, my drink of the day post. Right. Then a goat cheese salad for lunch. And then, uh, How did you get know. so big on goat cheese salads? So that pituitary oh, that was gland problem. Oh, that's See, that he's got Tony Robbins disease, that pituitary gland. He'll never stop growing. So... He posted this video uh, of him talking. It's the Governor's Results Washington Initiative Public Performance Review. Probably could shorten that up a little bit for uh, uh, ad purposes, right? Probably tighten that up. That was a roll off bit. the tongue. That roll no. off the tongue. And so they they're talking to experts, and this is in Olympia, and they're talking to people who have lived experience, and they talk to a person who's living at Oxford House. The guy's name is Austin Hoberg, and he was a fentanyl and opiate addict for about twelve years. And he is now currently been sober for a year, thanks to rehabilitative wow, service. Awesome. It's truly very amazing. Yeah, he's on uh, a form of Suboxone, which is an injectable form of Suboxone, which has been proven very successful for people. And he wants to go into drug and alcohol counseling. That's wonderful. All of this is great. And so I thought to myself, of course, when I go into the comments, I'm going to see people celebrating this, and they're going to say, "Gee whiz, Insley, even though I might." despise the ground that you walk on for what you did to those poor people over at Speedy's. And the door frames you bang your head into. And the door frames that you've destroyed. Th- this is still a good this thing. This is still yeah. a good yeah. thing. I, yeah, I would, I'd, I'd look forward to reading that as well. And I'm seeing the results of where my money is going. One would think. One might think. But I didn't see that. I saw nothing but hate and contempt and vitriol from people. For, for who? For uh, Inslee primarily in the fentanyl that's coming into Washington State. Okay. And yeah. I saw a lot of people ripping into the guy. Now, the, the thing is, is that when people's cynicism gets ahead of their optimism, that's terminal. There is no, at that point in time, there is no glass half full. You're going to start pulling stats about 47 people dying from fentanyl overdoses in King County last year. Mm. You know what I mean? You're just going to start going totally off the rails with it, not so much from a position of pragmatism, but because your cynicism has now outweighed your optimism. Does that make sense? That if you can't see the light in something, you, if you can't even acknowledge it, there's no reason to even think that, oh, wow, isn't this a miracle that this guy who was addicted to fentanyl and opiates for 12 years is now sober, and shouldn't we all be thankful for that as citizens of this fine state? How, how do you miss that light? I mean, uh, how, do you, how do you miss the, the miraculous light grief, of, a, of a recovery? Grief, yeah, grief is what it is. People are overcome with grief because they. So this and is what, fear. Yeah. So what happens to people is that you take in so much information about ov- overdose deaths, mm-hmm. and it. I think to any human soul, it fills them with grief. 
And then eventually that grief becomes anger. It stagnates and it becomes vitriolic hatred Mm. to the point where when you see like that young lady who graduated from Wazoo three years ago, who was a she was a heroin and meth addict and she got her degree in political theory and she was so thank people forget about those because what's being shoved in their face by people who I shall not name is death and destruction on Third Avenue. What's being shoved in their face is stats and reports that are entirely negative. Clickbait. Clickbait, yeah, basically. you're right. Oh, man, you're right. And so that grief, which is a good thing, unfortunately gets transformed into vitriol. So here's what this young man, uh, Austin Hoberg, had to say. Again, he's at the Oxford House, which is a rehab facility. Yeah. And here's what he had to say about uh, his journey through uh, addiction and sobriety. You're on subox zone now, or... Sublocate. Sublocate. The, the suboxone injection. So I go once a month and get an It's injection. once a month. So yeah. talk to me about why that's working for you relative to some of the other um, I mean, to speak freely, like, I can't say the amount of times in the past where I didn't want to do the drug, but I did. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the craving was that powerful. Mm-hmm. And not to have those cravings helps tremendously. And that's what Sublocate gives me. Shouldn't we be celebrating? Shouldn't this be like, oh, wow, my taxpayer dollars at work? (laughs) Right. We're not doing enough. Well, here's something we're doing. Right. It's obviously here's living proof that it's working. Exactly my point. Now, the counter argument that somebody could make to me is they might say, oh, Jack, well, we've got these problems. And that would be a lot of whataboutism, basically, where people go, well, we've we had 700 deaths from drugs in this county or that county or whatever. It's not getting any better and so on and so forth. That's the part of the the intellectual sickness that I'm talking about here, where even when you are presented with the benefits of a program, you still resent it. And that is a serious problem when it comes to discourse. I'm not saying that people can't be wrong for having criticisms, but the inability that I see from people to acknowledge that this is a good thing is staggering. When you take joy and make it hate, wow. Well, that's that's so symptomatic of uh, or sim, what's the word I'm looking for? Symbolic. Of of everything we're looking at, everything's everything's negative. Everything's fear. Yeah. Everything's hate, resentment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're siloed into our points of belief. We can't even begin to see a positive of any program because oh no, we're against all this because we still got bad things. We still got fear. And is that the media's fault? Is that is that in part partially? It's almost like uh, I I saw somebody, uh, Washington resident, and they I'm not going to mention them because I don't like them, but they wrote a uh, a piece about the stats per person treated versus money that goes into that person. And so it's like 150,000 to 250,000 dollars per addict for every success story. For every success story okay. basically. And so I'm I'm looking at that and I go how much is a human life worth to you? How much is it worth to you? Because what you're saying is that you care a lot more about a piece of fiat currency that's not connected to anything than a human being. I personally I don't care how much money it takes. Call me crazy, right? I don't really care how much money it takes. I, if somebody lives through that, is that not in and of itself worth it? Do you know what I mean? You, like, you would hope that the humanity would would overweigh right. what, what they deem to be fiscal irresponsibility. Right. Then again, because you want to bitch about the problem. <laughs> right? Don't take the problem right. away. It's you my wanna, sole reason to be is to bitch about the problem. You want to talk about the homeless industrial complex. I'll talk about it all day. I want to talk about the homeless complaining industrial complex that people are building careers off of right now because they know if the homeless problem gets fixed 
What am I going to get to complain about? What am I going to fill my Twitter feed with? What is my 30-minute podcast going to look like if I can't blame somebody for this problem? Not good. It looks really bad. <laughs> there's no so, more. There's no more real livelihood there. Right. So you can either be part of the problem. You can be part of the solution. And or I make money complaining. <laughs> I, or make money complaining. And quite frankly, I choose to do all three. We so, took a vow of poverty. This is Senate bill which aims to prohibit the use of hostile architecture preventing homeless camps. Now there's a picture here. Uh, this is someone has poured a bed of concrete and they've put rocks on top of it. So they kind of make it look like a, a very deadly Japanese garden. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It looks like a climbing wall that fell over. Yeah, right. That's right. And what so, it doesn't look like is a place to put your tent. Yeah. That's what it doesn't look right. like. Well, I mean, you get a nice mattress, you put the tent on top of that, oh, then you got yourself. Unless well, you're looking at the princess and the pea. Prince, oh, you stole my joke. Sorry. Oh. Why, Spike? Why do you have to do this every oh, day? I'll wait. I, I'm so, I, I'll wait for you to get there. I'm, I'm sorry. I write and categorize <laughs> jokes in my brain. I set them up for myself, and then you come in with your size 18 loafers and just step <laughs> all over my good jokes. I've had this since 1045, and you stole it from I me. I came up with it on the spot. I'll I'm never- sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to dim my brilliance. I'll take I'll take something. Senate Bill 6231 <laughs> defines hostile architecture as elements designed to restrict the use of public spaces by individuals experiencing homelessness. Is I, your princess in the piece spelled P-E-E? Is that what that's that's the beauty of that? Joke, I'm not right? going I'm not revisiting my okay. grief on this. All right. So I, I am actually in favor of this. Can I tell you why? Okay, yeah, please do, because uh, I'm not. Okay, so I get my hair cut at the Great Clips that's up on Capitol Hill. Okay. You know the building that's right across from it's You know, the one, like this, there's a Chipotle that's there. And yes, a, yep, 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 I know it. You know what? What is that building that's right across from it? The one that looks like it's com- like a war zone. It looks like Dresden, basically. It looks Ugh. all blown out. And, and I'm not sure what the building used to be. Okay, right. So but every time I look over there, when I'm getting my hair cut by that lovely Russian woman, uh, what I see is a bunch of people who are just kind of all over that property and like milling around that property. Yeah. I understand that people need places to sleep. And at the same time, I also understand that healthy businesses and healthy communities are good because when you have a healthy business in a healthy community, people want to help. Right. And that's that's very based. So yeah, the, I, I, the re- I see this. The reason that people don't want to help right now and people are so resistant to even a, 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 a small little ray of good news about drug addiction or whatever it might be is because when they look around optically, what they see is trash and garbage and graffiti. If I go up onto Capitol Hill, which I do regularly, I see trash, garbage, graffiti. I see misery. I see death. You see I, a city surrendered. Pretty much to this problem. Pretty no, much, yeah. I right? hear what you're saying. And there's a lot yeah. of businesses up there that I like to frequent, and I go there under extreme duress. I put on my hazmat suit. I put on my my Gordon's fish sticks outfit. You know what I'm talking about? The yeah. the, the rain <laughs> the yellow. Yeah. I put I put that on. I get in my plastic bubble, and then I roll up to Capitol Hill like I'm a hamster trying to get to, <laughs> to my haircut. It takes me 45 minutes to get in and out of that bubble. So basically, it takes me six hours in total to get my haircut. But it's worth it for my safety. So I'm in favor of S. Bill 6231 primarily because you have to, in order to win hearts and minds, somebody first has to be able to say, I want to be able to not walk walk into my business and have somebody sleeping in the in the hallway yeah, directly uh, from yeah, my business. I can see that point of view completely. Right? Yeah, People like healthy boundaries, and people respond really well to healthy boundaries. This is not a healthy boundary. I, that's why I happen to agree with uh, so many people who are sponsoring this because I think that it is um, – I think it's very, very good. Isn't, isn't this an, a horrific and inhumane shortcut to fixing the real problem? You could, 
interpret it that way, and I might... A small mind like mine may I, choose I, to interpret I, I it that way. I agree with you to a certain extent, but you know there's that homeless encampment that's literally right right across from my apartment complex. It's yeah, underneath yeah, the highway. Yeah, yeah. And there, so there are other spaces for people to go. What I'm saying is that part of the problem with homelessness right now is when you begin to seed aspects to the homeless population, we're not seeing... People like when I was homeless, for instance, for a year in my life, we were very hesitant to be in spaces that we wanted to frequent because we didn't want to be kicked out of those spaces. Right. So when we were in spaces, we weren't laying out cardboard mats and, you know, setting up shop to smoke heroin. When we were in public spaces, we wanted to be considered and treated like citizens. And that's what we did. Even though we were all smelly and walk around with backpacks and dogs and basically like a caravan of gypsies. We wanted to be polite and respectful to everybody. And that is why we got free samples from the Mexican food place when we paid a dollar for a Coke and they sure. bring us unlimited chips and dip. That You know what I mean? This is why I was able to function for as long as I did as, I did as a homeless individual because we didn't take advantage of people's kindness and people's graciousness. We just didn't because we knew at a certain point in time they'd get fed up with it and they wouldn't want to help us anymore. And, and that's, that's, it seems that's where we've gotten with people right. deciding the, to put dude, rocks on every flat location. There put, was a there was a restaurant in uh, Monterey. The is it, it's like a, an Italian cafe. Great busking location. Guy that owned it was like Armenian. I know that's weird. <laughs> that's who makes the best Italian. You go, if you want good Italian, you got to bring it's in like an Armenian. It's like an espresso gelato place. Mm-hmm. And this guy every day he would close it uh, at noon and then he would open it too. And he would let us busk in front of his restaurant as long as we didn't leave a mess. Sure, but respect. You yeah. make, make $40, $50 in two hours, right, in, nice. in front of this guy's business. We appreciated that very much, and then we would spend that money in his business, of course, but that's besides the point. I'm just saying people are willing to help people when they can have healthy boundaries. If we had set up shop in front of his gelato place or his espresso place, yeah. we had put up a tent, and we were, you know, like, I don't know, having rooster fights in front of it. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, I, no, I hear you. I think he yeah. might have been pretty upset about it. Yeah, boundaries would have been put up, barriers right. would have been put but up. But instead, he let us break out our banjos like a, a low-rent Mumford & Sons, and we got to play Wagon Wheel for two hours, and people would give us a couple bucks, yeah. and then we'd buy gelato and espresso and go do heroin. I mean, this was kind of this way the system worked, right? So do you think that the, because this is like the, the next level of a, a bench with armrests, so people can't lay down. Exactly. In New York, where they used to have steam vents, right, that people would uh, would camp over because warmth of the subways. Right. Right. Now they're kind of built on contours that are uncomfortable to lie on because they don't want people squatting there. Well, you know why? Because people were people were they were freezing to death. Because once you're on the steam vent, you can't get off the steam vent. It's basically a prison. Did you never heard about this? Uh, no. Because they get damp. You get from the damp steam. from the steam, and when you leave it, you you're wet, and you freeze. Exactly. So it, it wasn't the eyesore issue. It probably that was, was part degree. of it, okay. dude. But if you actually look, you look at the headline behind the headline. Once you are on the steam vent and you're nice and warm and wet, you, you can't go anywhere. else. You can't go die. anywhere. I didn't else. realize that. Yeah, that's why they had to do that. My so dude. Um, when, when there are benches or or rails that they put spikes on so people can't sit on, I've seen you can see it downtown Seattle. Sure, sure. As sure. you're walking through the Second, Third Avenue, Fourth Avenue on the hills of Pine or Pike or wherever it might be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every every rail has these metal spikes on top, so people can't sit there and be comfortable. I'll tell you about being comfortable. Something that makes me very comfortable is this idea that there's this initiative. How do you like that segue? That's allowing. I'm hold on. I'm calling the Hall of Fame. I'm sending. I'm submitting this. Is that okay with your permission? I submit this. 
Tell them about my my princess in the pea joke too. That'll get I'll me try right to do okay. it justice. So the, there's an initiative allowing the ability to opt out of the Washington Cares program. It has been certified. Shall it be on the ballot next? I hope so. My hope of hopes is that this is the case because I do think that people should be able to opt out of this terrible program. And I also think that Jay Inslee needs to call me back so I can tell him how to restructure the program which is the program that this is how the Washington cares fund would work best. Okay. You make it voluntary. Mm -hmm. And the other thing you do is you treat it like it's a 401 K or you treat it like it's a fund that is then put into a portfolio that has growth that has growth over time. Something you want to manage or the city manages the state manages. Okay. That's good. That's good. And at that point in time, by the time you reach, let us just say the ripe old age of 80, let's say at that point in time, you've put into it your entire life. Let's say you got a million in there for end-of-life care. Then when you pass away, your portfolio then gets transferred back to your family. That's an amazing Washington Cares Fund concept, which many more people would want to sign into than just, you're forcing me, what is it, 0.58% of every paycheck I get? I think that's right. Let me go, look that that goes yeah. into, and I might get 36500 at 36. And, 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 they, and they say they need everyone to play into it so that it has an adequate funding. because it doesn't grow. And that's the problem with okay. the program. Inslee, give me a call. I've got a great idea for you. Make everybody a lot of money. I, this is if Social Security worked the same way, if there were other programs that did this that were put into a portfolio that, again, was managed by the state. You don't get it until a certain point in time in your life. This is a much better system. Of well, growth. Well, there was there was talk about privatizing Social Security at one point. I think it was during the Bush administration, the second yeah, Bush. Yeah, big uh, mistake. Right? So is is this different than that? Isn't that the same thing? No, it would, privatizing it? it, it? No, it would be state. It would be purely state. Okay, instead of letting us make bad decisions with it and exactly. get scammed by exactly. people who sell exactly. golden beans on TV. Uh, like, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, the the at my old college, they had a, a system which was, you know, basically managed by the, the college. Okay. You know, but so you could technically call it like a private financial system. Okay. But the college operated all of that financial funding. Okay. They That's had the, experience and a record of success in that in that department. So yeah. you were willing to trust them with this. Yeah, basically. So yeah. it's like if I didn't use the entirety of my student loan, I would take a section of that money and then put it into this fund, and then they manage That's that nice. fund for you, right? Yeah. So that it would roll potentially a little grow. Little nest egg, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. As opposed to hey, I got an extra eight hundred bucks. Let's go get beer. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm renting a donkey. Right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> A better decision would be to give it to the university. Kegs them for everybody. Kegs and a donkey, and the donkeys gets to leave at the end of the weekend. All it's right. all good. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. Terminally online, celebrities have joined the Civil War bandwagon, and you will not believe who is looking forward to Civil War. I'll give you a hint. Rob Schneider is in. <laughs> that's, that's my hint. I wonder who it could be. <laughs> the Civil War. All right, we'll take a really quick break. We'll be right back right after this. The internet can be a dark and often dangerous place. Only one man has the courage to go where no sensible person would go. Jack Stein is terminally online. Terminally online. Wasting my life on the internet so you don't have to. I woke up this morning to just see an onslaught of celebrities weighing in on the Texas border. Greg Abbott v. Joe Biden showdown that's going on. And I was struck with this realization that is is been nothing but fascinating to me since I was hit with it this morning. Have you noticed the amount of A-list comedians from the 
90s to the early 2000s who have, in the waning twilight of their careers, decided, you know, I could have a pretty good career as a conservative political commentator. And all of a sudden they've decided to roll over into right-wing politics. And all of a sudden they start going on Glenn Beck's show and they start going on Joe Rogan and they start coming out as a conservative, as a comedian. Yeah, I've I've seen quite a few. Not, Not a lot of big names. Uh, but a lot of B-level guys have now gotten chair spots oh, on these talk shows, right. right? You can see right. every every talk show has the resident funny guy who's right. a conservative funny guy. Well, like Br- Biden's Br- old. I don't know if you noticed. He eats pudding. For <laughs> instance, Brian Callen right? has, has joined up with Stephen Crowder. Uh, you've got guys like Jim Brewer, who was like an A-lister on Saturday Night Live. He was. Yeah. And now he's kind of folding over into this anti-wokeness, uh, I guess, kind of yeah. more conservative ideology. Rob Schneider was one that I would have never have suspected. Good old Rob Schneider, known for such seminal classics as The Animal, The Hot Chick. Deuce Bigelow. Deuce Bigelow. Both American and European Gigolo. Right. I so mean, he, he had this absolute banger of a tweet this morning. Is it funny? <laughs> In a very meta sense, yes. So he says, this is Rob Schneider, beloved comedian, by the way. Yeah. Part of the Adam Sandler crew. Yes. He has come. You can do it! Right. He's that guy, right? Yeah. And this is what he has decided to do with the remainder of his career. The Biden administration demands that the state of Texas not defend itself. This is tyranny and treason. It's got a couple hundred thousand uh, pieces of engagement to it. And I'm thinking to myself, if you had told me back when I was a young lad that the man that I am seeing wearing a diaper and pretending to be a baby in a movie would then uh, eventually go on to have spicy, hot political takes, I would say, I don't believe it. Rob Schneider, there's not a bone in my body that believes that San Franciscan Rob Schneider would all of a sudden be going on Glenn Beck talking about all this kind of stuff. But this is what happens. I, I think that there's a lot of grifters right now in conservatism. I really do believe that there's a lot of guys out there who are saying to themselves, I'm going to get some of those conservative dollars. No, I hear there's a void there. There's a void there. Completely. And yeah. so I'm, look at what happened to Russell Brand. This guy is a, is a diehard classical liberal, you know, very pro-gay, very pro-individual rights and freedoms. And he's going around hobnobbing with like extreme fascists and rubbing elbows and giving credit to people who, by almost every metric, stand for everything that he is for, stand against everything that he is for. A lifetime's worth of public speaking, right? Again, and beliefs. Apparently, I'm assuming true beliefs on his part. So, because there's there's money in it, dude. Again, I mean, you got these people are chasing opportunity. Right. I can't believe 1.7 million people think Rob Snyder is genuinely funny. <laughs> Okay, but I can believe that there are that many people of that political stripe right. who want somebody they want in their legitimacy. camp. They want legitimacy, yeah. right? And so instead of back in the day, it was Ed Harris and Robert Duvall talking about why they vote GOP, right? This is you know, back in the day. And it, right. nobody really t- – it was Jay Leno you know, t- talking about why he chooses to vote for well, the I mean, Republican Party. John right? Wayne. John Wayne. A dyed-in-the-wool conservative. And John Wayne Bobbitt, just as a coincidentally. Wow. Just I had no example. idea it was so, the coalition was so broad. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, how many John Wayne Bobbitt jokes do you think I could get out in a month? Oh, I'm going to bet the over is 13 and a half. I'm going to mine that vein as it. deep as it goes. Another one. <laughs> I'm giving you credit for that one. So the thing that, that got me about this is that Rob Schneider says the Biden administration demands that the state of Texas not defend itself. This is tyranny and treason. What I would say to Rob Schneider, being that I have a degree in political theory, is I would say, Rob, Robbie, listen to me, my friend. Robinator. This is Robitola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ron Wayne. Rob Wayne. <laughs> Ron, Rob Wayne Bobbitt. My guy. So the Supreme Court, in their ruling asked Governor Abbott to temporarily suspend the razor wire and the barricades until they could make a continuing decision on the power that the President of the United States has in this circumstance. Temporary. Mm -hmm. Meaning, they need more time to think about it. And so, in the pursuit of that legal action, they find Abbott not necessarily to be in the wrong, permanently, in perpetuity, but wrong right now. So just for the time being, please take down your death traps so that the federal government can do their job. Right. That's right. And that's the underlying. That's it's not the, It's not to open the right, border. Right. It's not to allow the invasion. That's as, as it's being portrayed by both Abbott and Schneider. I'm still talking to Rob Schneider. And then I would say when you talk about tyranny and when you talk about treason, those are pretty heavy claims to make. I might suggest to you that the Supreme Court, when they make a decree, we should all probably listen to that, particularly when it's temporary. And just so that they could think about it more up until they make an ultimate decision about whether or not Greg Abbott can have death traps mm. and literally cause people to die at the border of Texas. That's all that is. Yeah, That's what yeah. we call civics. That's not tyranny and treason, my friend. Much like how were you were the... Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo, you weren't really a gigolo. No. It was only temporary. Right. You're trying to <laughs> trying to solve a problem. Trying to solve a problem. Yeah. <laughs> of how to replace that fish tank. That's what's going on here, Robbie. Robbie Shy Shy. You know what I mean? Like this is this is not an issue. So please just put down the MAGA hat and let's just go back to making funny Adam Sandler movies, right? You think he's angling for a uh, a career in politics? A position in the uh, Trump administration, perhaps? I, partially. I think that these guys, a lot of them are making hay while the sun is shining. Right. Take advantage of an opportunity. I don't, you know, I watched Rob Schneider's uh, most recent special, and it's it's so conceited and so anti-funny. Really? I haven't it seen it. It seems almost like a parody. Like, if I wanted to do a parody of bad conservative comedy... I would have written that special because it's actually insulting to conservatives. Wow. Conservatism. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, if yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah. make fun of conservatism, I would have written that special so that people could have seen how ridiculous that archetype is, right? So you think he's derailing his comedy opportunities with this pursuit of a conservative well, fan not, base? He's just not funny anymore. So, I mean, that's, I think he I, wants to be making copies at the White House. Ah, maybe. That's what I think. There's a really going to have making maybe. copies. We'll take a really quick break when we get back. There is a branding issue over in Fremont and a soup event they are having. So we're going to give a little friendly advice to the fine people that put this on. Got to change the name on this. We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. Good old SR-71, a bumper that I wanted removed from rotation because this is maybe one of the worst pop punk songs ever written, and I just want it to go away. Right now, SR-71, remember this? I've avoided it until now. I have asked many times, Brady, this isn't your fault. You wouldn't know. This is an Andrew problem that I have said, get this trash out of my earlobes. 
immediately. Well, you can play it. Bring it back up a little bit there. But listen to this. Listen to this pop punk garbage. I am a pop punk aficionado, and this is trash. It's it's a sitcom that I don't want to stay and watch. Now, hey, congratulations right? to the class of 1998. Yeah, everything's going to be great. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? Certainly nothing's going to go wrong in the year 2000. So the Fremont people, whoever lives there, I don't know anybody in Fremont. Uh, rightfully so, by the way. I avoid those people at all costs. You I got to tell you, you would thrive in Fremont. That's why I don't You go would there. be their king. That's why I you don't go there. You would ascend to lord over the citizens of Fremont. That's such a I short amount of time. That's why I don't go there, because okay. I would turn into a nasty fascist. <laughs> a hipster fascist, that is. They are having that something that they call the Fremont Supocalypse. How do I say this? Supocalypse? Supocalypse. Right. And it rolls it, right off the tongue. Ex-ta-da. So this is what it's this is what they this is the ad copy that somebody wrote. And this person needs to be fired. Uh it says oh. the supocopalypse is Supocalypse. Is you can get it. You'll get it. Summoning all super supers, walk around multiple Fremont restaurants enjoying soup, collecting super stickers, and having your soup passport and winning super super swag. Support your soup community. Pull on your rain boots and coats. Brave the dark. Cozy up to the best soups in the center of the universe. The last, the challenge lasts a mere four days. Do you have what it takes to be super super? So when we think about the apocalypse, when the four horsemen come, and then Jesus comes and he uh, raises us all. He raises everybody who back up who's dead. And the, we all get ascended to heaven. Okay. This is all in Revelation, right? You can go ahead and read this, right, okay. Spike? Yeah. So Jesus comes back. It's actually a beautiful story. Jesus is going to come back, Spike, and then there's going to be a zombie army that raises up from the ground. And then if you're a Christian like myself, you get raptured to heaven because right. you love Jesus. There's a three-day breakfast event called the Crepe Church during right. that event. Did you know about that? <laughs> and you, yeah. and then, But you, Spike, you get left behind. I do. Because you're goodness. a filthy sinner. <laughs> filthy sinner. Right. And so I get to be in heaven with Jesus. At, in God's Will there be bark. soup in heaven with Jesus, I ask? Uh, not for you. <laughs> not for you. No you're, soup for me. Not for you. Soup so, for my family. Soup for my family, please. So, But the problem with this is that the apocalypse denotes a such a supreme change to reality that it's a, technically a bad thing for... I, I thought so, too. ...about half the population. So if that's what you're trying to infer by calling it the supocalypse, this is a huge mistake. It should be something much more upbeat, Right. It should be something a little bit more... Well, I, one would think if you're trying to entice people to come have an enjoyable family good time, you mm-hmm. don't want to use the word apocalypse in your root marketing campaign. Yeah, that's I'm, bad. I'm, I've got a marketing degree, but I don't mean to lord over anybody. There is one, there is one slogan that kind of brings it all home. Mm-hmm. This is the fourth supocalypse, by the way, and I hope they enjoy the free advertising, even though we've got a little bit of issue with your branding. Okay? It says, it's not the end of the world until we run out of soup. Ooh, that's good. I don't know who came up with that. That's good. But you still don't want to call it a, a, po- a supocalypse. There are so many better choices you could have made. I just, think it's so da- many. I just think it's dark and it's weird. I, I think so, too. I mean, I, and I, also, I, just, I love soup. But just the play on all the words, it's like, it's they didn't. It's so on brand for Fremont, but they didn't, Dark, they, weird. Right, but they yeah. didn't. You know, not they family didn't, friendly. They didn't use like things like <laughs> suppository, right, which they very well could have or anything like that. <laughs> That's, you can eat it here or take it to go in a suppository. Right, exactly that, my for point. For those of you who don't have time and don't like eating in the car, this <laughs> solves that problem. Hey, you don't have Brilliant. A, you don't like to masticate your food? Go ahead and use our suppository. I mean, this is is like a really gross that it just doesn't seem like it ha- it's not inviting enough right uh, isn't 
Super Palooza. I mean, doesn't that just say fun? That's a little bit more fun. I mean, that's a little bit more upbeat. I would think. I think. What'd you say before show? You had you had a name too that I loved. Supocalypse Now. No, with no, Brando, that's, that's what they don't. That, with Marlon Brando, no, he said Super Weekend. I uh, Super Weekend right, was a was. really have basic a super one. Weekend. Yeah. Does anybody have any recommendations out there? You can text us at eight 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 nine seven three five four seven six. I'm just saying, if you wanted somebody like myself to look at this, the my initial the thing that goes through my brain immediately is that this is basically going to be a bunch of people dressed in in left behind as right <laughs> like feral battles over huge like you know just okay. massive vats full of soup and they're just doing war with it where they're like just throwing steaming hot like pouring hot soup from the ra- from the uh, ramparts yeah like a minis- <laughs> like just a minestrone right on your defenses and then like an italian breakfast just oh. you know what i mean just right o- all- just, just, God, I want soup right now. And so like the bad. chicken noodle people are doing battle with the chowder people. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. The, and then the chili people show up out of nowhere, <laughs> and they're all just fighting each other. It's like battle of the five recipes. Exactly. It, it doesn't seem like it's very fun at all. It just seems like a disaster. And Brady, are you a soup fan? You're only thirteen. You're not a big. I'm s- regressing now. I'm 14. Last week. I didn't yeah, realize this, well, Brady. You can be 14 question. if that's what you want to tell everybody. Uh, are, so, are you a soup guy? Are you a soup guy? I, I can't be. I, I can't say that it's like my go-to option if there's multiple things out there to eat. But yeah, I can get down with some soup. Healthy boy needs his soup. What about you, Laura? Are you enjoying soup? I love a good soup. It's because you're. Yeah. It's because you're a basic lady. Basic ladies love soups. Good soups. A basic lady. I was about to say something else. I know you were. <laughs> and I take incredible offense to it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lars. There are, th- I don't know if this is any, there are 13 restaurants taking part. 13. You you do it. I'll, I'll support yeah. them all, but I not know, right? the soupocalypse. All right, I when we get soup. back. The Washington State GOP, all eight of them, they decided that they were going to tweet out, uh, they were going to ask Jay Inslee to support Governor Abbott down in Texas. Oh, they were? And they, they, it's actually deeply cringe, but we can talk about that. 25 states have uh, sided with Governor Greg Abbott on the border issue. People keep calling for civil war. If you actually want to hear the breakdown of what that would look like, I'll give it to you. Again, I got my degree in political theory. We used to play this game all the time. I'm happy to let people know what the, the laws would look like, what it would look like to have a state secede from the union. All that information. Are they, are they serious about the secession thing? Again? No, he's just jockeying for more federal funding. But we oh. can talk about that when we get back right after this.